to Breaking the Gray. We are here with Dr. Quentin Shepard, Victoria Independent School District in Texas. We're going to talk with Dr. Shepard about the role of the superintendent and, of course, about your book. But let's just start. Talk about your role, talk about your school district. So Victoria is right on the Gulf Coast. It's about two hours south of Houston, two hours north of Corpus Christi. So beautiful tropical environment down there. I've been there for four, going in five years now as a superintendent. I've been a superintendent for 18 years, going on 19 um, in three different states. So I've, I've gotten around a little bit. Spent some time in Illinois, a couple of districts there. I was in the superintendency just outside of Chicago, the first suburb you drive into as you left the city heading northwest. And then was in Iowa for a bit, and now I'm in Texas. My district is about 14,000 kids. Um, it would be considered pretty high, low SES. Um, as 65% Hispanic population, and we're on the rise. We're doing great things. Nice. I would imagine, you know, in the two decades you've been doing this, the last couple of years were different. Yes. Talk about the last couple of years. You nailed it. The last couple of years um, really brought into full relief for me several of the things that I knew were happening in education, and people just weren't talking about. And what I'm getting at is that the way we do leadership in the public space has changed dramatically in the last decade, but because of the pandemic, it just brought into full relief when some leaders, education leaders, are, are, are practicing this like archaic style of leadership, the communities revolted. And you saw lots of really negative consequences at board meetings and communities and what have you. But for superintendents who embrace this different way of thinking about how we do leadership in the public space, by and large, they got through the pandemic, got through some of the some of the other turmoil that has, has surfaced, and and things aren't um, aren't nearly as bad as they seem in other parts of the country. Okay, so we talk about pandemic opportunities. Obviously, our pandemic is a tough time, and also creating opportunities. Talk about the book, tell us the name, yeah. co-author. Yeah, The Secret to Transformational Leadership, uh, Sarah Williamson and I. I've been working on this, like I said, on and off for about a decade, really, when I saw this leadership pivot happen. And uh, the pandemic brought it about, and I saw what was happening in the country and had a conversation with her, and she helped you know, put together some guardrails for me so that I could write. You know, being a superintendent, I stay pretty busy. I'm also a full-time professor at uh, UHV, so I'm teaching. And, Got the writing done as well. Essentially, the book, it, it, what I was talking about before, how it all breaks down is that the reality is for a superintendent and for a lot of leaders in the public space, there's really only two types of decisions that come to our desk. There's complicated and complex. In the world of complicated, things like hierarchies and power structures, they're really important because complicated things, there's one right way to do it. Like the work that an electrician does, or a plumber, or a math teacher, or bond defeasement schedules. Like you should expect expertise, and you should expect a really high level of output. But in the world of the complex, it's inherently unknowable. What's the best way to educate kids during a pandemic? You're the superintendent. You I don't tell know. me. I don't know. And so, and so the trick is: let's lead with vulnerability. Let's leave, lead, lead with what I call compassionate leadership. Break that word down. Passion is to suffer. Compassion is to suffer with. So the very first thing that happened when the pandemic hit, I went to my community and I said, we've never faced a pandemic in education before. I really don't know what to do. I'm worried about our kids. I'm worried about feeding our kids. I'm worried about what needs you have in the home. What would you, 
what would you have me focus on? I said this to the community in a live TV event for all 60, 70,000 residents of our community. And the community stepped forward and said, great, we'll take ownership of this problem and help us solve these problems. I'll give another example. When we were writing our pandemic response plan to bring kids back, the very first, one of our commitments is the people who are most impacted by that decision should have the greatest voice in that decision. So the first group that we went to was our teachers and we had about 900 teachers in a mega Zoom meeting and we crowdsourced their best ideas. And we took those ideas to about 600 middle school and high school students and we had them reflect on what their teachers had wrote. And then we went to about a thousand parents by the time it was done and said, this is what our teachers and students have been working on, what would you add, add to it? With several thousand people co-author our pandemic response plan. So when a superintendent walked out their pandemic response plan, after writing it with their office staff, they were mostly crucified, right? Because mm -hmm. the community said, no, 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 you think you're doing the best work, you see this as a complicated thing. Great, I'm happy to judge you because I went on Google and I saw this group you know, doing whatever, and so it ended really badly. But when you lead with vulnerability and compassion and, and crowdsource the complex, the community stands up and says, all right, we're on board, let's get to work. I would say it's uh, kind of the last week or so there's been some turmoil in the country. And without going too far down a rabbit hole, yeah. Texas is an interesting place for you. So what, if you had a chance to speak to some of the leaders of the country, and I'm talking outside of school, what would you tell them? Yeah, I think what's happening right now is there's such a there's such a rapid evolution that's happening in the country right now in terms of the power structures and, and, and what have you. I think what's being missed is the unintended consequences. Because things are moving so rapidly, we're not thinking through the unintended consequences. I would take uh, the Supreme Court ruling that came out just this morning. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it or not, but it was a, a case around uh, school prayer. This coach wanted to go out in the 50-yard line and pray after a game. and historically, the way these cases have been decided, that's that's off limits because it's it's endorsement of religion in a public space by a public employee. And, and pe kids feel like they should, like they're compelled to be a part of it. And like historically for decades, we've said, no, this is unacceptable. And in every lower court case, it was decided with the school district. But this morning, just this morning, the Supreme Court came out and said, no, it's okay, we're reversing that. And so as administrators, learn this just today as an example, what's going to happen is total confusion. And that's what, I use that as one example to talk about just about anything else that's happening right now in the country, is that folks who really knowledgeable and experts and people who we've historically looked to for leadership are stepping back and saying, no, this, there's such turbulence in the system right now, it's, it's, it's shaken, right? And so knowing exactly what to do next is becoming harder and harder and harder for everyone. Very inspiring. So I appreciate you know passing on this energy. Who who inspires you? Yeah, my kids. First and foremost, my kids. And 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 all my kids. You know they, they 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 inspire me. All of them. But especially the ones who struggle. I mean they're the ones that get me up and out of bed in the morning. And they overcome these enormous obstacles. I always love to share great stories about kids. And one of the stories that I'm sharing right now is. Uh, some of our kids who are in credit recovery, for instance, as the pandemic was coming on, these are kids that have very, very few credits as they enter high school, some zero credits when they enter high school. Um, they were in our credit recovery center, trying to get them to graduate, but they're essentially on the dropout track. And we had some building issues with one of our buildings that displaced the middle school, which meant they had to go into this credit recovery campus, and it displaced 200 of my credit recovery kids. Mm -hmm. So we went to the local uh, college president, community college president, 
said, can we rent some classroom spaces for you? We have this big, crazy idea about what we might be able to do for kids if we really support them in a way we've never supported before. And so of those about 200 kids, we said we wanted to get 150 of them, our goal, was to get 150 of them enrolled in college. There was another 50 that had some discipline issues and it wasn't appropriate for them to be on the campus. So those 150, we gave them just tons of support and um, like you've never seen before, uh, success coaches, life coaches, so on and so forth, had them enroll in a course, we paid for it, the district paid for it, had them enroll in a course. Of those 150 kids, 150 of them are now college entered and accepted. 150 out of 150. Just completely flip the paradigm, change the world. Those are the kids that really inspire me. Well, we have shot a, a mini show here, Breaking the Great. You clearly are breaking the good news. We appreciate what you're doing. We got to have you on the big show, but we appreciate you here in this And we'll come see you at your book signing. That's awesome. And, and you can get the book on Amazon, and it's now available on Audible as well. Thank you, man.